0: Hey, um, grab your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 10, we'll we'll get there eventually. Um, I want to bring you um, just a little short at the beginning, an update, but it builds a platform for where I want to go today. Um, Before uh, we traveled to India, I kind of alerted you to the fact that there'd been some significant changes in India, Uh, significant by that I mean that the orphanage that we'd been supporting for 14 years had been closed. Uh, Needless to say... We were pretty concerned. Uh, it's a long way from here to try and work out what's going on, and so we went, and we, um, we spent time there. I, I can't go into all the details um, this morning. I haven't got time, but I, I do want to let you know that there is a comprehensive missions report that I have prepared that is available for those people who have expressed interest in knowing what's happening, and we'll be, we'll be sending that out by email once I get the right buttons um, but I want you to know, just, just in summary, we have got details of where all the children are. We have been assured that they are safe, that they are being taken care of, and that they are continuing their education. For those that are um, 18 and 20 and 27, they are now working uh, in Bangalore um, and independent of any support needs. Um, but next time we go to India, we have um, made sure that we will be visiting the children. To make sure that we can see them with our eyes, and to express our love as a church for them, that continues, and that they would um, be safe in the life that they are moving into, I wanted to give you that reassurance. Um, as we met with Paul and Kathy, uh, who you'll see in this um, photo that will most likely come up. There it is. Uh, Kathy's obviously the female in the photo. Paul, is, Pastor Paul, is the one in the what's that a lavender shirt? Purple, I don't know. Uh, the guy with the second from the left is Pastor Paul, and that's his dad in the salmon shirt, actually. He's a beautiful man. But as we met with them, as we prayed with them, as we shared meals with them, we were reminded that God calls us to live as family. It's a significant foundational belief we have at North End Church. It's our core value as family. And when God calls us to be family, he calls us into a covenant connection. I spoke extensively on this last year. And we were reminded while we were with them, sitting at their table, sharing a meal with them, that God has called us to live in covenant with this family and the life that, journey that they're on. It's something that we've got to take seriously, so we can't just say, oh, well, you've made some decisions we don't like, so you're no longer family. That's not how covenant works. If we were bound together only by agreement, then disagreement means we must part, but we're not. Family is covenant. go far beyond agreement or disagreement, and we're reminded of that, and so we took really seriously God's um, invitation into discovering what he's prepared for us in relationship with Paul and Kathy as they've now shifted. I don't know if you've had a chance yet to see the video that I posted on Facebook this week. It's in the Closed North End Church group. If you're not part of that, contact the office, we'd welcome you into it. But in there, I shared a YouTube video of Catherine on the right there and her testimony of how she um, has had an encounter with Jesus. They were in a very, very serious car accident. Uh, There were fatalities in the accident. She was heavily damaged down her left-hand side and required extensive surgical procedures. During one of those procedures, she died. She went as you do when you die, for the face of Jesus. And Jesus just said to her quite simply, your work is not finished, you must go back. You go and watch the testimony, it's powerful. It's in English, so you should be able to follow along. But you can tell by the photo that she's not dead any longer. She has what she calls a vision. A vision from the Lord. So I call it the vision. And I will call it this morning the vision, but if you're not quite familiar with uh, her Indian English, then that means vision. She's been given a vision from God, a dream. She's got work to do, and, and uh, there's much for us to achieve. And so we've been searching for, and I'm going to touch on this morning a little bit of that because it impacts us as a church family. I've got a big idea that I want to share with you this morning, and it is this. Uh, and Catherine gives us a good example of this. A revelation that comes out of an encounter will change our lives forever. I don't think you'll argue with me when I say that Catherine's had a significant encounter with Jesus. Like you might have just had one in worship, sometimes that happens. Maybe you had one this week in your prayer time or as you're buzzing out to the worship in your car. I know the youth certainly had encounter time this week because I've heard the testimonies. But I don't know anyone in this audience, I haven't heard any stories about anyone here that's actually gone to heaven because they died. You'll hear the story online, but but out of the shadow of death, Jesus calls her back into life on this earth in order that she would complete the vision that he gave her. It's a revelation that comes out of encounter that will change our lives. She's got this massive vision, I'm going to talk about it this morning a little bit, but orphans, widows. The elderly, disadvantaged, lonely, homeless, young children. These are people that would seemingly have no hope, and yet Jesus is asking her to give them hope. It's massive. They all fit within this bright embrace. This vision requires land, lots of land. So every time I'm there, they take me on a tour to show me the latest plot of land that they've found. This is, uh, as you can, well, you might not know, but those are tea plants, and it's beautiful countryside in the valley where they now live, because the mountains are mostly covered in tea plants. They're tightly manicured, they're in rows with these paths, so the workers can get between them to pick the tea leaves in order to send away for processing. So they like to explain to us why this is a good piece of land that maybe the Lord would like to tell us to buy for them. Land in India is more expensive than it is in the Waikato. That piece of land, $67,000 New Zealand per acre. So I've been wondering if my faith is big enough. Because that's 1.5 mil, just that piece of dirt. It's got running water, it's got a beautiful stream, it's got some buildings, it's got a flat piece of land where we could build a school or an orphanage. And I'm wondering to myself, do I have faith big enough for that? Because you see, a vision comes with a big price tag. And often it's the price tag for the vision that means we don't go searching for it, because we're afraid of what it might mean. Would you say that you had a vision for your life? Have you got a revelation that's been given to you by Jesus? Here's the rub that you might not appreciate hearing. If you don't have a vision or revelation from Jesus, it's your fault. And I say that carefully and respectfully, but I say it as a challenge. Several things that I've learned in life that are relevant to this, but two key words you need to remember. The most important thing for you to receive a vision from the Lord is posture. And as Lisa so carefully presented before not knowing what I was speaking on today, she said, it's not your physical posture, it's the posture of your heart that counts. Okay. It's this humility when you come before Jesus, open and willing to hear what he would say. That's the posture that's necessary to receive the vision. Sometimes... If I was honest, I would say the seasons of my life that have had no vision have been because I've been hard-hearted or I've been trying to control my life. How can you call Jesus Lord and then try and control your life? That's an oxymoron. Posture is really important, which means giving up control. The second P relating to vision is position. And this does actually mean physical position. In my experience, you've got to get yourself in the place where God is moving in order to hear what he would say to you. Is it possible for God (laughs) to speak to you in a prayer closet? Absolutely, it happens to me all the time. Because I position myself in a place to hear from him. The youth and their fearless leaders this week (laughs) position themselves in a place in order that they would experience God and have an encounter with Jesus And I know, I haven't spoken to them, but I know that some of them are getting a vision for their life because they position themselves. Now, that didn't happen by accident either because some of us positioned ourselves here in prayer on Wednesday night to pray for them. We gathered together, got a text from Kathy saying, come on, please pray for us. Some of the guys are struggling. And so we dug in we positioned ourselves and we declared that there would be salvations and there would be healings and there would be revelation, that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in that conference, that our youth would receive a baptism, that they would begin to speak in tongues and, and see things that only Jesus could show them. And guess what happened the next day? Everything. Yeah. Everything happened next day. Because Jamie rings me at lunchtime. He says, you're not going to believe what went on yesterday. The youth are falling over under the power of God. The youth are seeing things and saying things that could only come from heaven. The youth are experiencing him why because they position themselves to receive it and some of us position ourselves to agree with it you've got to position yourself to get a revelation or a vision for where your life's needing to go last week if you were here or listened to the podcast you would have heard kathy and mel and Stu tell testimonies from their trip to indonesia I can promise you those testimonies don't come when you stay at home. No, I'm not saying you have to go to Indonesia. The key point is position. Where do you have to put yourself in order to receive the vision that Jesus Christ has prepared for you? If you don't get out of your comfort zone and get into the encounter zone, you're just not going to hear. I was speaking with Vicky I was speaking with Vicky Jacobs on Friday. She told me about a phone conversation she had with Zelda just on Friday afternoon. And she said to Zelda, you know, it's, it's great speaking with Phil. We're hanging off every word he gives us because they're life-giving for us as a couple and the journey that we're on. You I don't say that to blow my trumpet. I say that to give you an example of someone who's willing to sit under the wisdom necessary for the season of the life that they're in. You've got to choose who you get the input from. Choose wisely. Position yourself away from the noise and distractions and in the place where God can speak to you. We're in a season as a church family where God is pouring out new wine. I've been speaking about it, I don't know how many weeks. You can find the messages on the podcast. They've all got new wine in the title that gives you a clue. God has got us in this season as a church, and I believe for the church, if only the church would listen, that he's got a new wine he wants to release, and that means new wineskins. Guess who the wineskin is? You. It's me. It's all of us. It's our paradigms and, and how we live. So today, what I want to say to you is new wine brings revelation. You see, I've talked about the wine of Jesus and the joy that comes from that. I've talked about that it's for everyone. I've talked about new wine is not to be contained for ourselves, but is to flow out and be the fruit of our lives for others to be blessed by. But today, I want to say to you that new wine brings revelation. We're going to look at The guy we've been looking at, the follower of Jesus, his name's Peter, one of the disciples we've looked at, listen to the messages and hear Peter's example and be encouraged by his life and what he experienced. We're going to talk about Peter this morning from Acts chapter 10. I'm going to tell you what God said to us as a revelation while we're in Indian Indonesia because it actually affects you as a church. We're going to see the encounter. I want to show you the pivotal moment in Peter's life, the encounter that he had that led him to a place where he postured and positioned himself to receive the revelation that Jesus had for him. Because you can have it too. I want to show you that. My hope this morning is we build ourselves to a place where each one of us can have an encounter, an encounter that brings a revelation, a vision, that will shape your future. And it's for everybody. Because here's the big thought for today, just to remind you, and the revelation that comes out of an encounter will change our lives forever. We want it to be a body of people who are each carrying a vision, a vision that is given to us by Jesus. Uh, in the Bible, it's called a rema word from God. A rema word is a fresh current word. This Bible, this is the text, the Holy Scriptures, canonized, put together by the Holy Spirit. This is called the Logos word of God. It's unchangeable. It's never, ever going to be different than it is now. But a reema word is something fresh God said to you today or yesterday. All right? And so this is a reema word that is aligned with the Logos word. But we've got to respond. We've got to respond. So let's look. Peter is our example. So I asked you to turn to Acts chapter 10. What's going on in the story? Peter has a revelation. So if you want to, I want you to read the story. So I'm not going to read it out, but read the whole chapter. What happens is there's a guy called Cornelius, he's uh, not a Jew, he's not part of the church, but he's devout and he's faithful and he supports orphans and widows. He believes in God and he prays, but he's not a Jew, so he's not allowed in the church. And God says to him, hey, send for a man called Peter, he's uh, down the road and I want him to come to your home. So immediately Cornelius sends his servants. You've got to understand culturally this is not done. This is not normal. Jews are not allowed to come into the house of a Gentile, a non-Jew. But Cornelius, does he argue with the messenger? Does he debate it? Does he wait for confirmation? No. He does what he feels God say to him, obedience. Well, at the same time, Peter, the guy we're talking about, he is at the house and he's about to have a prayer time. As was his custom, he goes into prayer. While he's in prayer, this is kind of a little bit uh, freaky maybe, Uh, people say, you know, like visions and trances are new age. Well, no, they're not, because Peter has a trance. He goes into a trance led by God in prayer, and God shows him a vision. Freaky kind of dream. Scary. And the honest truth is, for some of you, that's how God's going to talk to you, in dreams. I struggle to remember what I had for dinner last night, so dreams is probably not going to be the way God talks to me. I'm out, I'm out. But some of you will have dreams from God that will be how he communicates to you. And you better get up and write that down. Because it's for you, it's a gift. So Peter has this vision, and it's about animals falling out of the sky, and it's really weird, and Peter's like, well, that's that's stuff we don't eat. As a Jew, I can't do that. And the Lord says to him, no, get up and eat. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. And this is weird. And he's puzzled and he's perplexed and he's, he's thinking about trying to work it out. And at that same time, the messengers come and say, you must come with us to the house of Cornelius. Peter says, okay, all right, I wouldn't normally do this, but I'm going to because God's up to something. When you're in a season of revelation, God does stuff that's outside your normal. Let go of control in order to grasp what God's doing for you. It might be that you have to go somewhere different. It might be you have to do something different. It might be you have to talk to someone you wouldn't normally talk to. It might mean you have to stop doing something that you're comfortable doing. In a season of revelation, be prepared for God to do stuff outside your normal. That is not easy. I don't say that lightly because I can promise you I like comfort. Peter gets to the house of Cornelius, and Cornelius says, Man, I had this messenger come to me and told me that we should get together, and and Peter suddenly realizes, Oh, God's telling me something too. He's telling me that it's okay for Jews and Gentiles to be together as family. It's okay in God's mind for the good news of Jesus Christ to be shared with the Gentiles that they might respond. This is revelation. Revelation. Because ever since Abraham formed the nation of Israel out of a promise of God, the Jews were an exclusive family, which meant others weren't allowed in. This is revolutionary. Peter goes, Oh my goodness. And it says, I just want I just this is one of my one of my favorite passages in the book of Acts, verse forty four. Gentiles. Even as Peter was saying these things, he's been talking about Jesus. He's giving witness the good news. He's talking about what Jesus did for them. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, has anyone got any objection? How could we object now they've received the Holy Spirit that they might be baptized? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they stayed for several days. This is just the good news breaking out. You see, what I love about this, it's about 10 years since Jesus went to heaven. But you remember in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus talked to the disciples, including Peter, he said, go and preach the good news in Jerusalem and preach the good news in Samaria and then to all the world. So for 10 years, they've been preaching the good news in Jerusalem. They've also gone, you can see through Philip the Evangelist and a few other guys, they've gone to Samaria and the surrounding areas, which is just the neighboring region. It'd be like going to Auckland on a missions trip. But guess what happens here? By revelation of the Holy Spirit, Peter understands that the good news of Jesus Christ is for all the world and that the Gentiles can come in to the presence of Jesus Christ through faith and receive baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know what? If it wasn't for this revelation, we wouldn't be sitting here. We might be in a synagogue if a Jew had come to Tiamuru, but we wouldn't be in a Pentecostal Christian church doing what we're doing if this revelation had not happened. Because all the world includes New Zealand. Even Canada too. (laughs) Peter has a revelation. And as a result of that, the church changes forever. This is amazing. Why should we be thankful for this? Because a revelation that comes out of an encounter shapes the future. Our future has changed because of this revelation. Yeah. We've, got, we've got to put ourselves in a position to have this encounter, to receive the revelation so that our future will be aligned with God and his heart. I'll give you an example. We spoke with Paul, Pastor Paul and Catherine extensively in India. This is Gurdalore. This is the town that they now live in. It's eight hours south of Bungalore. Uh if you want to Google map it, it's Goodalore. Um, it's five hours south of Badadi where they used to live. They'd lived for a long time, where they had a church and an orphanage. They prayed that God would show them what was necessary for the vision. Taking their hands of control off what they knew as normal, they willingly said, God, show us what is needed. That led them to have a dream where they saw the mountains and the valleys and the beautiful light, um, place, not that for photo, but the beautiful valley that is Goudalore. Understand the significance of closing a church in an orphanage because God says you are to go. Don't take lightly what these guys are doing. Whereas we arrogantly went, well, why aren't they doing what we want them to God showed them a mountain and a valley. He, they went there, they drove there, and they saw the mountain. And Catherine says, this is just exactly what I saw in my dream. They know they're in the right place because God told them beforehand and now they're there. But they don't know anyone. There's no church for them to be a part of or to lead. There's no children for them to, to feed every morning. They don't have much at all. They're like, where should we live, God? And after prayer and fasting for several days, God gives her a name. She has no idea what it means. Turns out when she talks to a local person, it's the name of what we would say is a suburb. It's a group of houses with a couple of shops and a bottle store. And they're go, like, oh, where is that? And they point them down the road. You drive five minutes and they walk around looking for somewhere to live. They find a, a, a bed, three-bedroom apartment. The man's a Christian. He's happy to, le- to lease it to them. 200 bucks, Kiwi, a month. So we're happy to help them with that. But while we're with them, we were encouraged by the testimonies they shared of God giving them divine encounters, meetings by chance, open doors that you would never, ever plan for. And they take this as confirmation that God is leading them on a journey of faith. So while we're with them, we were encouraged, challenged but encouraged. And so we said, well, God, what is it that you want us to do? Why are we here in covenant connection with this couple and what should we do? When you post yourself before God in humility, letting go of control, and you position yourself where God has for you, you get a revelation. Anyone interested in what that revelation is? You want to know what God is saying to North End Church? Come on, let's do it. Interested? Yeah. Okay. God is saying to us, we believe that we are to work with them to help build a tuition center. A place where local people can get help with their life in practical ways with practical learning. What might that look like? Well, that could look like teaching English, because English helps people get employment. It's most definitely going to look like after-school tuition because government schools over there are rubbish. And the children's education is suffering, which means they're locked in poverty generationally. But if we can tutor them after school and help them to get good grades, then they can apply for scholarships into private education, which means they're more likely going to get a high-quality education. No disrespect to teachers at all, but over there, it's corrupt The government system is corrupt, and that is why the kids miss out. It looks like computer skills, because computers, while they don't have computers in their home, some jobs require you to have knowledge of working a keyboard. And what if we took just a budget computer with a budget screen and a budget keyboard and we show people how to use it? Social work is necessary, because you know what? Kids still get abused. You know what? Wives still live on the street. You know what? People have alcohol problems and drug problems over there. So it doesn't look like social work like what we have here, where they just get a handout and a, and a pat on the back. This is like living them out of the mud and the slum and the poverty and the struggles in order that they could actually have a life that they consider to be luxurious, which we would sort of survival. What else would it look like? Well, Catherine's got this idea that we can teach women to do tailoring because tailoring at home can become a business that provides money, which provides food. Awesome. For like only a few hundred dollars, we can buy one machine. Well, for a $1,000, we can probably buy four. Wow. Start a little tailoring school where they can learn to be self-sufficient. Agriculture is a big thing in this region. Um, when Phil um, Atwood and I were in Indonesia last year, we talked with him about helping with small engine maintenance. Because there's like about 40 billion scooters just in Goodalore, Well, it feels like it when you're trying to drive somewhere. And they don't throw them away. They just recycle them. Practical stuff, you know? Craft programs. There's a woman there. She's from Malaysia. She's been a missionary for many, many years. She's been running craft programs for the local ladies. Why would she do that? To be their friend. Show them love until they ask why. You know what? Here's a crazy idea. What if this also included a class called Meet Jesus? (coughs) That we'd bring them into a place where they can understand Jesus as a person who's real and he loves them and he wants to have a relationship with them personally. And that salvation is not by performance, it's by grace. And his love esteems and builds them into a place where they can have a life of purpose in his kingdom. Hope, joy, peace. Oh, it's just a radical idea, I don't know. What if we took our school of the Spirit over there and started to build apostolic disciples who would move in the power of the Holy Spirit and see people get healed, get, people, get the dead raised, and suddenly people start receiving the message of Jesus Christ? Oh, there's another idea. What are the benefits of us doing this? Let me read you what I wrote in my journal. There's a summary on the screen. We want to build connections and relationships with local people, offering practical helps to their families so that we can establish relationships of trust. Secondly, we want to create employment opportunities for local people that we are training in our ministry schools already over there. If we can engage Bible school graduates in this work, we give them a focus, we give them income, and we give them an opportunity for evangelism. There's no one better to be running with these classes than those that are filled with the Spirit of God and passionate about seeing people saved. We want to connect people with the person who is love. Who is that? Jesus Christ is love. Finally, and fourth, we want to connect with people through prayer and believe that a shepherding approach will see them open up their homes. Because if you're doing craft groups or you're helping their kids and you get to know the parents, suddenly there's an invitation into a home. Kathy and Mel and Stu experienced that while I was sick in Indonesia. They were invited into people's homes to share the good news of Jesus and to pray for people that they might know him and his healing power. And you heard the testimonies last week. Shepherding evangelism is how this is going to bring people to a place where they meet Jesus. I want you to get excited about this. Because we're, we're, we're going somewhere we haven't gone before. We're blindly moving in faith, taking our hands off control, not sure how we're going to do it. We go into Indonesia the next week. And God reminds me that when Phil and I were there, we already had this conversation. And they're now asking me what we're doing about it because we talked to the Indonesian church. We've got young people in Indonesia who are graduating this month or this week from Bible school, and they've really got no opportunities. Culturally over there, things work different, and we're trying to help shift the church in some ways, but we've got an opportunity here to launch them into some kind of mission work. I don't know how. <laughs> really don't know how. But the answer's is Yes. Here's why we do this. Vision propels your life forward. Vision is propelling our church forward. Next week I'm going to talk about vision for the church because I'm hearing some stuff and it just sounds like people have forgotten why we do what we do. We have a compelling vision that keeps me doing what I do. But I want to bring you into an understanding of what that is. It's not the first time I've shared it. But it to remind us why we do what we do. I'm going to do that next week, and it's going, to be, it's, going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting Sunday. Vision propels us forward. It's what creates momentum. But this has got to be the fruit of revelation because you might have a vision for your life. You might have it planned out, but you might want to ask Jesus what he thinks. So let's have a vision from Jesus that comes out of a revelation, and that only way we're going to get that is if we have an encounter. Only way, and you know what? Peter's a good example of that because when I was reading as I was traveling, I found this passage in Second Peter. You can see it on the screen Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 to 19. Let me just uh, flick over here. Second Peter 1, verse 16. Peter says, This we're not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of Jesus Christ, we saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. Well, that sounds like an encounter like Catherine had in heaven. When he received honor and glory from the Father, the voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So that's the audible voice of God out of the sky speaking in front of the disciples who are on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my dearly loved son. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Verse 19. Because of that experience, we have an even greater confidence in the message. Key verse, key phrase on the screen, because of that experience, because of that experience, because of that experience, because of the encounter where Peter was before the, the, the glorified Jesus in human form, and he saw Elijah, and he saw Moses having a chat with Jesus, and they were talking about his upcoming ascension into heaven, and Peter's there watching, and then his booming voice comes out of heaven saying, this is, this is my boy, this is my boy. The voice of God himself. Because of that experience, we have a greater confidence, Peter says. Because of that experience, I'm giving my life to this. I'm willing to die for this. Okay, I had a few bumps along the way and put my foot in my mouth a couple of times. I denied Jesus. But you know what? Now I'm sold out because of this experience. Because of the revelation I have of who Jesus Christ is, I will forevermore give my life to his mission. Out of an encounter, a revelation is possible. The experience, if you want to take notes to look at it this week, I urge you to read the story from Matthew 17. It's the story where Jesus invites three disciples up the mountain, and they go up there to pray, but they go up there to meet with God. Read it for yourself, because they get a glimpse of God's glory. The countenance of Jesus changed. He was, the Bible says he was transfigured. It looks like he was, he was see-through. It looked like he was glowing. He was glorious. The countenance changed. That's an encounter. That's life-altering. That's going to mess with your thinking. Imagine if that happened to Scott as he's playing the guitar or Alina as she's leading kids or someone as they're speaking here. Like, we'd get a little bit uncomfortable moving our seat and go, oh, yay, yay, yay. What's happening here? <laughs> That's what Peter experienced. Because of that experience, I have confidence. Read the story. Matthew 17. Because of that experience. If I can get Keita and Scott to come and join me on stage. But I want here's what I can't do. I can't give you a vision for yourself. Next week I'll share you the vision for the church. It's big and I want you to plug in and be part of what we're doing. I want you to understand why we do what we do. Everything we're doing here plugs into the vision God's given us corporately as a church. But I want you to have a vision. I want you to have a personal revelation of why Jesus called you into partnership with him. certainly wasn't to a life of comfort. It certainly wasn't so you could just wear a badge saying, hey, I'm a Christian. It certainly wasn't so that you could come here on Sunday mornings. There's much more to it than that. Life with Jesus is about partnership and his revelation for your life. Every single one of us, if we're alive, we're full of potential and purpose that God's not yet made full in our lives. Our job is to walk into it with him. It's not just for me. It's for you. Last week, Kathy spoke about Krista. Krista's on a girls weekend, so she's not here. But sitting in this church... Christa has an encounter with Jesus. She comes up to me after church, tears in her eyes, filled with radiance and saying, Jesus just gave me a dream. It's a dream where I would bring people together and we would crochet and we would stitch and we'd make woolen products for people in need. And I'm passionate about this. Can you help me make it happen? And Kathy shared the testimony, you might have seen it on Facebook, Stitch for Love gave 350 woolen garments to needy children in a decile one school in Hamilton. Why? Because Krista had an encounter. Jesus gives her a revelation. Mel told you her story last week. Listen to the podcast. She's sitting here in a night service listening to Vanessa tell her story about her and Wayne and how they've had an encounter and how they've had to be obedient and how they're getting out of their comfort zone. So that's a story you should listen to on the podcast. But Mel's listening to that story and she has an encounter and Jesus says to her, I want you to go to Indonesia. And she says, "Ah, nah, doesn't sound comfortable. (coughs) The result of that was she went to Indonesia. Postured herself in humility and says, Okay, not my will, Jesus, but yours, I'll go. And she goes there and her life will never be the same again. Her testimony, not mine. Stu told you his version of the story, why he's involved in missions. You can ask others. Ask Isaac to tell you a story about his new business and why he's in the place he's in now. Had an encounter with Jesus, Jesus gave him a revelation. He decided to be obedient and step out of comfort. Chris Gadsby shared his testimony last Sunday at the combined service. I don't know if you heard it, but man, dude preached the gospel for 10 minutes. His life is completely different now because he had an encounter with Jesus that lifted him out of drugs and alcohol and suffering. An encounter leads us to a revelation. You can ask Nikita about her God-sized dream. She told me about it on Tuesday we met. Worship here is going to get interesting. Ask Alina, our kids' teacher, why she's doing what she's doing. God took her to Thailand when she was with Activate Church. When we were there, messed with her heart. Changed her heart for kids. Showed her the future that he's got for her. Many, many, many people had an encounter. That led to a revelation. will not you stand? Because all I want today is, I can't give you your vision. But I have been praying for an environment where each one of us could step out of that place of comfort and into that place of encounter, into that place of revelation, where we would say, you know, Jesus, it's not about me, it's about you. Less of me, more of you. Show me what you have for me. And that's a personal response. You've got to posture yourself in humility before him take your hands off control and say whatever you say Jesus I'm willing to listen band are going to lead us in a song and the purpose of this is that we'd make room for you to have an encounter if you want to respond to the front which we call the altar it's a symbol of your surrender before Jesus and you're willing you're welcome to do that just come and as the band sings or you sing have an encounter with Jesus that leads to revelation We'll wander around, and if you want prayer, we'll pray with you. But often, words aren't needed. Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the invitation. The invitation to come before you and have an encounter. The invitation where we can get transformed by you in our lives. God, I'm praying this morning for an environment of surrender where we choose to come before you in in a place of humility to receive what you have for us. Come and speak to us this morning. Release revelation. God, give us vision. Vision for your kingdom to be established here. We believe by faith, God, that new things are being birthed in this place of encounter. We trust you. We thank you for your love that drives away fear, fear of the unknown, love that propels us out of comfort into partnership. As we prayed for you before the service, someone... Uh, Mark shared a scripture. um, Richard shared the words of Jesus in a song. Jesus is saying to us each, come away with me. Come away with me. Come. Come away with me. So as they sing this song, we invite you to come away with Jesus.